So this last Wednesday morning and then this last Monday morning, gracias, sir. Um, we, we talked in both worldview situations about the worldview deism, which I won't get into, except that when we talked about deism, we talked a little bit about Ben Franklin. And when you talk about Ben Franklin, who was a deist, you have to, I don't know. I always end up kind of looking at fun stuff like poor Richard's almanac and some of the great sayings of Ben Franklin. Um, my, my favorite Ben Franklin is, he is a fool who makes a doctor his heir. That's just funny. Don't put your doctor in your will or your doctor will kill you. That's the implications. Anyway, he that lies down with dogs shall rise up with fleas. Early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Don't throw stones at your neighbors if your own house's windows are glass. Haste makes waste. Um, But this is the one that blew my mind, that Benjamin Franklin was the originator, sort of, of this line. There are no gains without pains. Like we're going to, like, there's going to be a Nicolas Cage movie where he's in Philadelphia and he finds an old hard drive and there's going to be a video of Ben Franklin working out at the gym (laughs) where there are no pains, there are no gains. (sighs) He said it first. Who knew? Yeah. Proverbs. Proverbs. We have an entire book of Proverbs, and they're everywhere, but we have inspired ones. Um, little, little pithy truisms like where all things considered, this is going to be, ha- this is going to happen, and you'd be foolish to ignore this, right? A wise person does this, right? What happens when you're in your New Testament and you come across a proverb? Is it still a proverb the way you think of a proverb? Does that happen? Are they still proverbs or do they, do, do they just sound like proverbs? You've heard it a million times. You reap what you sow. Bazillions of times you've heard that. But it's in Paul... And it's, it's got the Holy Spirit in it at the end. And it's life and death. And it starts with a very chilling phrase. And you go, maybe this just isn't just your usual proverb. What are we going to do with this? Alan and I have been finishing up Galatians. Next week is the last week, sort of, in Galatians. And we're in chapter 6, halfway through. And we come to this proverb. You reap what you sow. But it starts with this phrase that makes it sound 
dangerous. <laughs> Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Ooh. Okay. This is a little more than a proverb. Now, this is so dangerous, isn't it? Like, you reap what you sow. Well, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. So it's a little more bible sounding. But think about all the ways you can get this wrong. Right? Like the preacher on TV who lives in a ginormous house and drives a bunch of expensive cars says, you know, God has blessed me with a ginormous house and a bunch of big cars. And if you'll sow into my ministry, you will reap the way I have reaped. Right? This could be very easily a prosperity gospel. Just, just reap and God will give you more. Or, God has to bless you with good. Like, you did something good, now God has to do something good in return for you. It's like a karma verse. Right? I'm just putting good out into the universe, and the universe has to give me good back. And it almost creates this tit-for-tat relationship with God. Okay, God, I got up this morning, and I had my quiet time. I'm expecting big things from you today. Right? Paul is not describing something as simple as like the universal laws of motion. God is, he's describing something God is in charge of. That's why he says, God will not be mocked about this. (laughs) God will not be treated with contempt. Or as the New English translation says, and I love the way this, this says this, because it sounds like something your grandmother would say. God will not be made a fool. I just think that sounds cool. (laughs) God won't be made a fool. Do not be misled. No one makes a fool of God. That's, That's very strong language for Paul to say, you're not going to get one past God here. And so Paul has been laying before the church this this life of faith, this life of the Holy Spirit, this life of trusting in the promises of God, this, this life of walking in step with the Spirit, as opposed to a life of the flesh, a life of walking by law. And they're in opposition to each other. And he introduces this this new concept here of sowing and reaping. And and Jesus talked about sowing and reaping because he uses farming illustrations, right? A man went out and he sowed seed and it fell everywhere, right? But he was was talking about something different. But but we know what sowing and reaping is, right? It's It's a seed and it falls and the root goes down and the plant goes up. But, but the point here is the word whatever, which is kind of cool. 
Oh, we did a sermon series, didn't we, called Whatever. I forgot about that. Man, I forgot that. Whatever. Yeah. The key here is whatever one sows, that he will reap. If you sow wheat, you get wheat. If you sow grass, you get grass. If you plant an apple seed, you get an apple tree. Paul's whole point is you do not sow one thing and get something different. And he says, God won't be mocked about this. Everybody in Galatia would have understood this. They all knew a farmer, right? We all understand this. God won't be mocked. You can't sneak one in on God and say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plant like this and then I'm going to expect a crop like this. God hasn't set it up to work that way. And he goes deeper on this, verse 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh, we talked about flesh, you notice that in the New Living, it said sinful nature, that part of us that wants to live independently from God, the part of us that just wants the law, the part that says, I can do this, just give me the rules, the part that wants to live life apart from the Spirit, the part that doesn't want to live by faith, He says, if you sow, if you plant seeds to that, you get corruption. So, there's flesh soil. The seed goes down into flesh soil. A root goes down. A plant comes up. And the plant starts to grow. And you go, oh, look, I'm growing some destruction. Look, a little death plant. Flesh is poisonous soil. Flesh is deadly, corrupt soil. So whatever grows out of flesh will have that corruption in the plant. If it's in the soil, it's in your tomatoes. If you don't understand this process, ask Mr. Beeman why he has to grow raised bed gardens at his house, and he'll explain that whole thing to you, right? If you've got messed up stuff in your dirt, don't eat those tomatoes, right? On the other hand, if you plant a seed in Faith, spirit, soil, a root goes down, a plant comes up, and there's life in that plant. Right? There's eternal life in that plant. So you eat one, and it poisons you. You eat the other one, it gives you life. All because of the seed you sowed in which soil. Paul is saying you can't expect to sow to the flesh and give life plants. And if you sow in life soil, you're going to get life plants. Now, Paul's not messing up everything he taught this far. He's not saying, 
Well, do good spiritual things and you get heaven. Otherwise, he just wasted six chapters, everything he's tried to teach us. That's not at all what he's saying. Let's go back over Galatians because this is beautiful. Because it's very, very easy to kind of make this a a very mystical thing. And I, and I agree that there's an element here. There's a very unseen thing that happens here inside of us. Christ is being formed inside of us. There is an unseen work of the Holy Spirit here. There are desires we saw in chapter 5. There's the desires of the flesh, the desires of the Spirit. There are uns, unseen works happening in us. But Paul is never content to stay there. So if we were to rewind back to chapter 5, I believe we can make this very, very practical. For instance, do you remember back at the end of, back in chapter 5, verse 13, we talked about freedom. Okay, freedom. It's right there. Free by faith. Freedom. What is this freedom? It's this, this life in the spirit, this life of faith. You're Free from the law is a way of life. Free from sin. Free from death. Okay, what does this look like? You remember what we said? How do you know if you're free? You were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So how do I know if Jesus is setting me free? When I see him giving me the ability to love my neighbor. Like, I start getting free from just being all self-contained and self-focused. And I start getting outside myself. And I start looking at other people and seeing the opportunity to love someone else. That's what he describes freedom as. And then he gives this list, these big long lists, in chapter 5. He says there's a war between the flesh. If you walk by the Spirit, you will not satisfy or gratify the desires of the flesh. He says the desires of the flesh are against the desires of the Spirit. They oppose each other, he says in verse 17, so that you don't do the things you want to do. Romans 7, there's this stuff I want to do, and I don't do it. And there's these things I don't want to do, and I do them. Woe is me. Who's going to deliver me? And then he gives this long list. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, Fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you, there's no inheritance in the kingdom of God for that. Okay, let's, let's pause for just a minute there then. Okay, let's, let's, let's pick one off the list. Adultery. Adultery, he says here then. Let's go to James chapter 1 to 
just popped into my head. James chapter 1. When you are tempted, do not say, I am tempted by God. For God is not tempted by sin, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, it brings forth death. Okay, so let's talk about an adultery seed. That's a flesh seed, right? So you, you plant a desire. Bink. Jesus said lust. So lust and a desi- is a desire. Bink, it gets planted. Then what happens? You go back to it. You sow to it. You water it. You fertilize it a little. You won't let go of it. And then it pokes its ugly little head out of that poisonous soil. And it grows a plant. Guess what happens? That plant's going to kill you. That's a death plant. Right? Go through all of these lists. Anger. Oh, man, that's a great one. Because we love anger, man. We have that little anger desire. You just plant that little seed in the flesh. And, oh, man, I need two of those because those feel good. Wait, I need a third anger. I just plant that in there, and, oh, my goodness, and I just water that little anger thing pops up and I'm like, no, that needs to go out in the sun because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to this one for a while. And I just let that grow. And the next thing I know, it's, just, it's killing me. It's death in that pot. Envy. Envy, desire. Why do they have it like that? Why do they have it better? Water, water. Sunshine, fertilizer, death, a little death plant. Just go through the list. But then you realize the fruits of the Spirit are, are the opposite, aren't they? And then you realize the work it seems to take to plant a seed called love and to water that and when that comes up there's eternal life in that and see this is what we always I always have to remind myself of this when Jesus said whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me you have crossed from death to life not someday you will cross from death to life he says you have eternal life. Eternal life is a present possession, right? So eternal life blooms a little plant in your life, and it's a love plant, and there's life in that plant, right? And when that, it says, what does he say? Walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of life. So this love plant comes out, and you turn around, and you look, and you go, Where did my anger plant go? Plant some joy, 
some patience, some kindness, some gentleness, some self-control, some faithfulness. Right? These are going to choke out these. Or just go back to Alan's text last week. Right? If anyone's caught in a transgression, restore them with a spirit of gentleness. That's sowing to the spirit. Bear one another's burdens. Very practical. Sowing to the spirit. Now, I didn't do the bookends of this, so let's get to it. Verse 6. Let one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. You got good stuff? Someone's your teacher? Share your good stuff with your teacher. Then verse 9. Let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So he's just saying, keep sowing. You're going to reap. Don't grow weary. This, this, this word, grow weary, is a um, fascinating word. Um, it's taken from a word that means a bow, like a bow and arrow, that has had its string taken off. Like it's just, you can't shoot it anymore. It's just become completely discouraged, right? Um, don't give up. Don't get discouraged in doing good. Because the law, God's law is that life is going to come from that. And then he says, and whenever you have opportunity, do good, especially to those of the household of faith, as if to say, listen, do good to everybody, but there's these people who are near to you at least once a week. They're right next to you. Do them some good. And once you've done good to them, do good to those people outside the household of faith. And doing good is what? A fruit of the Spirit. So you're sowing to the Spirit. And when that happens, you reap life. See, that's, that's not some mystical thing. It's just a very, very practical kind of thing. But this, this happens over time. It's something you can't grow weary of doing because you're like, God, I thought this would be easier and I thought it would be faster. And I thought life would be different, right? And I don't think, if God is in charge of this, then he has not grown weary. And he is doing us good. And he has not given up. So if he has made this promise, we have to trust the promise. Um, a, a pastor friend I used to, to work with talked about all the, all the people that he encountered who said, we sow to the flesh for 40 years and then we pray for crop failure. Um, and it's true. It's just year after year after year, 
of just sowing to the flesh just our own selfishness and our own desires. And, and when, when Paul says in Romans 8 that the mind that is set on the flesh is death, but the mind that is set on the spirit is life and peace. Right? This, is, this is so much not a one-time thing, right? And I, and I know there's something inside of us that just says, Dean, just give me something to do. Like today, that'll like fix it from here on out. And I can't. I'm sorry. I hate that. Um, I wish I could give myself something that would fix it from here on out. I told you all last time, I'm, I'm almost positive I thought when I was like 22, I would be better at this by now. And I'm not. Um, but I really do believe that if you can pay, slow down, Pay attention to your desires. Pay attention to your desires. Like, even, even the desires you're planting to the flesh, like, okay, I'm holding on to this anger, and I keep watering that anger seed. What is it I'm really after there? Like, that's a desire. That envy. That jealousy. What am I going for there? What am I really hoping for there? Because it's killing me, right? Just kind of turn to the other side and say, you know what? I need a life. So let's start with... mm, Patience? No, let's not start with patience. (laughs) I used to go to a Saturday night Bible study, and it was like all young singles. And we would draw a name anonymously and pray for that person that week. And every Saturday night, someone would walk in and say, okay, who prayed for me to have patience this week? (laughs) Stop praying for me to have patience. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like, how do you sow to peace? Like, what does a peace seed look like? What might a gentleness seed look like? Just think about this in your own life, right? Like, okay, I have a... Harsh answer seems to come out of my mouth, so how might I be more gentle? How might I be more planting seeds of kindness? And then you realize somebody else is always going to be involved in this, so then who's close to me? Who's going to get this? And, and this could easily become law, but the Holy Spirit's here in this. The Holy Spirit is in this. And it would easily become discouraging. But there's promises here. So I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to, I'm going to pray 
that we would experience the life of this. Can I do that now? Lord, um, there's life here. There has to be because you said so. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. And the Spirit of the Lord is here right now. And the Spirit of the Lord is in us. And so, God, where, wherever it is that maybe we're experiencing the little deaths in our life, um, from planting to the flesh, maybe, I don't know what it is, you know. Would you help us to start planting the opposite, God? Um, Lord, where there's peace, would you help us to plant that? Where there need is, Lord, where there's the need for kindness, would you help us to plant that? And the need for gentleness, Lord, I know that in this room there's a lot of relationships represented and a lot of neighbors and a lot of coworkers and a lot of families. Like the, the relationship branches that go out for them in this room are just numerous. And so I can't possibly know how the plants have grown. But you do, and you see what the need is, and you see the work your spirit can do. So God, you do what only you can do. And um, yeah, that's, that's what we ask. Help us to join you in doing what only you can do, and, and it when all is said and done, it can only be described as eternal life and only you can give it. And so I just pray that you'd help us to walk in the power of your spirit in this. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, y'all. Have a great week. You've been listening to Sunday Morning at Creekside Church in Spring, Texas. We're glad you joined us. For more information, please check out our website at www.mycreeksidechurch.org.